passage this morning, it talked about how the disciples went, or the apostles went from house to house and went to the temple courts and went all these places bringing the good news. Uh, when we do our ordination vows as United Methodist clergy, one of the things John Wesley told his preachers was to go from house to house visiting the, the people of their, of their charge. And uh, this has been one of the challenging parts of ministry for me. Early on in ministry, Pastor Bruce, I don't know if you had this problem, but when I would move to a parish and trying to find people's houses, because here's the directions I would get. Well, you go down 200 until you pass that oak tree that got hit by lightning a few years ago, and you turn left. Oh, that probably looks pretty cool. Well, they cut it down. It's not there anymore. Do you ever get those? Go down and turn at Bob's farm. Which freaking Bob would you please help me? It's made easier with GPS, but it doesn't solve the second part of the problem, which is we would go and visit and I would get there and inevitably the shut-ins were never, ever home. Did you find that too? They, yeah, they they were out doctor visiting, but... But I was like, hmm. So we got to the place where we would call and schedule. And then we got to the place where we said, if you need a visit, just schedule with us. And then COVID hit and this isolation that we had begun seeing in the church, but also was reflective in our community because people went from the front porch to the back deck, right? With the advent of air conditioning, they just went inside, really, if you want to be the honest truth. We didn't see our neighbors anymore, and we have, as a society, since 1950, the decline of interaction among neighbors is chartable. And, and so we have begun to be more of an isolated, what's called cocooned society of peoples. We have disconnected from one another. And so to follow the apostles' request to go from house to house is very difficult because when you show up at somebody's house, how often do they even answer the door anymore, right? And if they do, do they come with suspicion unless you're Melody and you bring brownies? So the answer to that question is always bring something with sugar in it. Sugar and chocolate, you can't go wrong unless they're diabetic. But so there's, when we come and we do these visits, uh, I, I want to encourage you this week to, to reach out, to expand your mission field, beginning at home. The disciples didn't stop visiting with their families, did they? They didn't stop visiting with the other church folk. Uh, last month, we did our, our Founders Day picnic, and everybody who came said, oh my gosh, that was great. How many of you were able to show up, and did you have a good time? It was nice seeing people, wasn't it? It was nice spending time with one another. You know what? You're allowed to call somebody and get together for lunch with them. I'm not making that up. There is no rule against that. In fact, I want to encourage you to do that with your brothers and sisters in the church. But I also want to encourage you to get to know your neighbors. To get to know the people around you. 
Elizabeth and I, whenever we move into a community, we get to know our neighbors, which uh, is, is one of the most fun things we get to do. One of the best parts of my ministry is we know people all over the place. And, and as we've gotten to know the neighbors where we are, we, we've, we've moved from sitting on our back porch to sharing a drink in the evening on our front porch. And the other week, on our anniversary, we told the kids, you all do the dishes, we're going outside. And we sat on the front porch and we watched as our neighbors went by. And, and at one point, this guy, we, we saw this bike go by with this four-year-old on it. I mean, he was screaming down the road. And just a few seconds later comes dad running we were like, go, woo, woo. You know, we cheered him on. About 10 minutes later, dad comes by with the kid on his shoulder dragging the bikes, and he goes, he's not going so fast now. And I was like, <laughs> true story. We were walking our dog, and we ran into that dad again. I said, how's your son? And he looked at me and had no idea how I knew he had a son. Because one, the first time he saw me, it was a blur, and the second time, it was dusk. <laughs> so, <laughs> but it meant a lot to him that somebody cared to ask about his kid. How many of our neighbors do we even see? Would you pray with me? God, please help me see my neighbors so I can follow you in loving my neighbors. Do you believe God loves your neighbors? You don't have to go and try and help them figure out where God's involved in their life because God's already there. You don't have to bring God to them. All you have to do is go and love them. Go and love them. Go, go and be curious about their life. Go and, and share the joy that you have. The, the secret of good evangelism is not learning Bible verses the secret of good evangelism is being loving. That's it. Would you pray that with me again? God, please help me see my neighbors so I can follow you in loving my neighbors. Do you want to be a good disciple of Jesus Christ? Do you want to love God? As you, as you love your neighbor, that's one of the ways you love God. Right? When we love our neighbors as ourselves, we are loving the image of God reflected in them and thus reflecting God's love back to God as God has asked us to do. Go and love your neighbors and you're loving God. To love another person is to see the face of God according to Les Miserables. My hope for you this week is that you'll take some time in joining the apostles and going outside of, of the normal range that we often go and sharing the love of God. Start with the church. Call somebody this week and let them know you love them. Maybe meet them for coffee or lunch. Take the church picnic out into the community, right? But also begin seeing your neighbors and loving them. This is what discipleship is about. This is what it means for us to go deeper as followers of Jesus Christ. To go deeper as followers of Jesus Christ means we go deeper in love of God and love of our neighbor. How many of you think our church needs to go deeper? Let me ask the question differently. 
How many of you would like a more, how many of you would like a richer, more fulfilling relationship with God for yourself? Okay. If you want a richer, more fulfilling relationship with God for yourself, then we need to go deeper as a community. Now, I'm going to give you what the um, doctoral degree program of that would look like. And then I'm going to show you the steps we're taking to get there, okay? Do you want the doctoral degree program, or do you want me just to skip that because you'll wet yourself in fear? <laughs> do you want me to go ahead and share it? Joe Stroud is saying share it. Okay. So the, the high, high ask is a group of people who meet together three at a time, encouraging one another and asking them questions like, how is it with your soul? Now, really, how is it with your soul? Where have you been a part of the blessing of your neighbors? Where have you intentionally developed your life with Jesus Christ? Have you lied about any of that? How many of you are excited about being a part of that group? That meets weekly, encouraging one another, growing deeper. It's a high ask, isn't it? High ask, high accountability. This is where we started as Methodists. In the 1800s, we decided we didn't need to be that intentional. And up until that point, we were growing at the rate where every man, woman, child, and dog in the United States would have been Methodist by the late 1800s. But we decided to make it easier, and we started shrinking. Isn't that fascinating? What would it be like to, to sit with a group of people and, and ask those questions? You may not be ready for that yet. So what are we doing instead? Here's what I'm going to ask us to do. There are several options you can do to grow deeper and begin to get there, to get that more fulfilling, richer experience of God. Becky Crabb is doing a class on prayer here in September. And she told me this week, I just finished reading the Partners in Prayer book by John Maxwell. Here I am, very much an introvert, isolated at home, recovering from COVID, looking at a very busy September with tears running down my cheeks as I read the chapters on pray praying your church to its potential and organizing a prayer partner team. Darn that God. <laughs> I can't wait to see what's going to happen in this class. So that's one option. Jack's discipleship team is working on an obedience to Jesus class, a life of obedience to Jesus, to, to learn how do I listen and recognize when Jesus is asking me to do something. Anybody ever go, I have no idea what Jesus wants me to do at times? Anybody? So, so there's another option. Another option is to prayer walk your own neighborhood. We had a group of people who prayer walked to Dayton, and they had a very enriched time, very rich, fulfilling time. And I told them, when you're ready, get a group of people, pray your neighborhood, I'll come and pray with you. If you want to prayer walk your neighborhood, you get a couple other people, you let me know when, give me a couple times so that I can make sure I can get there. I'll come prayer walk with you. If you're like, I don't know how to do it, I will teach you. It's not that hard. It just is about paying attention and loving your neighbors. These are some steps to help us to go a little bit deeper because if we begin doing these things and you begin to see, oh my gosh, when I prayed for that neighbor, uh, I, I, I did that consistently. And when I saw them a month and a half later and I asked them how they're doing, they said, things are changing in my life. And you're like, I got to be a part of that. <laughs> right? 
And when you get that experience, you want it more and more and more. So what would happen if you went to deepen your prayer life with Becky? How would your life be different? What would happen if you learned to pray more effectively? Hmm? Things would change for you, wouldn't they? Hmm. What would be the effect if you would listen and practice obedience to God? How would your life be different if you practiced obedience to God? Hmm. Your relationship with God changes, right? It's not easy stuff, I'm asking you to. But it is worthwhile, and it will change your world. What will be the effect if you walked and prayed for your neighborhood? Oh. As you go walk your dog, how many of you walk your dog? Anybody do dog walking? What would happen if while you're walking the dog, you prayed for your neighbor as you passed their home? God, please bless them with what they need to be closer to you and help me be a part of that. What would happen if you prayed that on all of those neighbors' houses? Because we've been praying that in our neighborhood, our kids are helping a nurse who's never home to mow her yard. Another person who just went out of town asked Isaac, my youngest, to water her garden. We, we watch a neighbor who moved uh, their house because every once in a while they forgot to change all of their uh, forwarding addresses on their deliveries. And so we text them and let them know, and they're like, oh my gosh, thank you so much. We get to be a part of making people's lives better. What would happen if you walked and prayed your neighborhood? Or in the case of the Kirkhams, drove it. <laughs> Rode your tractor around the eight square miles you'd have to go. <laughs> what would happen? How would your life be better? How would their life be better? Would you pray with me? Holy Spirit, move in me to take one step this week toward a life more in line with you. Amen.